Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 22 of Underrated Underdogs. This is your host, Delapo, coming at you in the virtual studio today. We've got the, the, the usual suspects, Brandon and Jen. Brandon, how are you doing today, bro? I've got mixed emotions this week, um, but I do have a question for Jen. Um, this isn't something I'm overly familiar with, but like when your team isn't in the Super Bowl, who do you cheer for? That's a cold one. Um, <laughs> you cheer for the underdogs, of course, because we all know Matthew Stafford is going to throw like four picks in the Super Bowl and be some record-setting uh, interceptions. Yeah. I mean, the, the reason to, to root for the underdogs also, we are also named the underrated underdogs, so it would be awesome if underdogs won this one, you know, for us. But Jen, how are you doing today, bro? Not bad, not bad. Just, you know, <clears throat> chilling, watching the Super Bowl, watching the Pro Bowl. Made me want to puke myself to sleep every uh, after the game. Um, also excited that Micah Parsons is the uh, fastest man in the NFL. And uh, and hopefully uh, Trayvon Diggs can, uh, you know, not be a such a terrible cornerback at uh, covering uh, wide receivers that can run. I mean, the entire season you said he was he was up for deploy. What what happened? Well, you know, I I think I think the the fame is getting to him a little bit. You know, uh, I knew, believe me, he has you know un- unbelievable you know hand skills and everything like that. But I think there's still a, a lot to work on um, to him for him to be you know like one of the the top. Um, DBs that's out there. How much of this is based on the Pro Bowl? Um, I want to say like thirty percent. You know, um, you know, watching that Pro Bowl was just. I mean, before the Pro it was Bowl, flag you know, football. Yeah, yeah but, but like still, bad flag football too. It was pretty fucking terrible. And also, I think Mac Jones needs to get a T-shirt called Stefan D- uh, Trevon Diggs is my daddy. Because he has picked him, you know, in an actual game, returning for a TD, and also in the Pro Bowl, he got an interception off of him. Also, they have the same amount of playoff wins. One's a rookie. <laughs> yeah, but one is going to get paid more money than the other one by, like, triple. Yeah, that, that doesn't work in your favor. Quarterback is the highest paid position in the sport. But- that's what I'm saying. So Mac Jones is going to get paid a lot more, which means he's going to have a lot of shitty, yeah. t- shitty players, or you know, rookies that's going to be, you know, on the team, which is going to make a lot of mistakes. Which means down the road he's not going to have a much good season. I mean, unless he leaves the Patriots, man, he's going to be in the bottom half of paid quarterbacks. It's the Patriot way. You watch him throw a fit. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. It's it's almost like it's it's too early to to discuss this, this contract situation. He's got a couple of years before he, he even starts talking about renegotiating or, or getting a new contract. Yo, um, it's pretty savage this week going back and forth on teams that have nothing to do with the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> like all of this beef should have maybe happened during the season or when they played each other, but no, yeah. it's coming out like the the Dallas versus Patriots beef comes out the week of the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, this is this is 
pre- pretty bad timing, guys. So save, save this all for the for the matchup next year. But the one thing I will say about the Pro Bowl, honestly, I feel like it would be more fun if they actually just played flag football, like for real. Um, but that's 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 my opinion. <clears throat> but we, we we do have some uh, some amazing topics to get into, including the Super Bowl, as you mentioned earlier. But before we get there, um, we we need to jump into the, the kind of new the NFL news that, that broke everything pretty much, which is Tom Brady retiring. Um, after 22 seasons, the man widely considered as the goat in football has has called this is called it a career. He's retired, um, and as so much can be said about his career. Um, he holds so many records. He'll pretty much be the measuring stick for QBs until the, the end of time. The way Michael Jordan is kind of that measuring stick for, for basketball players. Uh, Brandon, I know you're a huge, huge Brady fan. Um, you've even got his, his Super Bowl jersey hanging behind you there. Um, how would you remember Tom's career? He's the greatest. He's the most accomplished quarterback, most accomplished player in NFL history. Um one thing that I thought was funny was the voices about Tom getting old in 2015, 2016. And then he retires six years later and people are like, well, he was still at an MVP level. So it's like the people that were calling him old eight years ago are the same people that are like, but he's still playing at such a high level. How could he retire? It was just funny to see everybody swing when he actually retired. (laughs) (laughs) they wanted him to retire they wanted him to retire and then he did and they're like wait but why (laughs) (laughs) so it was that i found that really funny um but yeah i mean you could argue depending on what your argument is like he was not the most he was not the most talented athlete he obviously wasn't the fastest um not the one who could throw the ball the farthest um but he was the one that'll work the hardest. Like you're not going to find a guy in the office or I guess in this, in the stadium longer than Tom Brady reviewing film, practicing um, and just learning everything about his opponents. And obviously it paid off. I don't think we're ever going to see another seven ring quarterback um, or 10 appearance in the Super Bowl quarterback ever. The only problem is, there were so many really good careers that started and ended within Tom Brady's career, but like ended or have started in that time. Like there's so many quarterbacks in the league or that have gone through the league in his career because it was so damn long. Everybody is overshadowed by him. And the comparison is always going to be Tom Brady and even more so like the retirement of Big Ben who had an unreal career, the retirement of Drew Brees, Phil Rivers, all overshadowed. It's a, and it's it's just crazy. But I I think February first needs to be a holiday of some sort, uh, a day of mourning, if so. Um, but I I don't know what to expect. Hopefully Mac Jones can somewhat compare to the last twenty years. Mm, that's a lot, that's a lot of uh, a lot of weight to put on a young guy's shoulders. Um, Jen, how do you remember how do you remember Tom's career? You know he had a fantastic career. I'm not gonna lie. You know, twenty some off seasons uh, in the league. You know, he was definitely one of the greatest. Uh, you know, kudos to Tom, and uh, maybe this is not his uh, retirement party. Uh, you know, maybe you know he's gonna, you know, take a year off 
and then realized that, hey, I got nothing else to do. I'm sitting in Florida. You know, what am I going to go do? Shoot guns all day and smoke meth? No, I'm, I'm going to go back into, uh, I'm going to get back into football there. Um, guns so, you and know, meth. That's, that's what you do, you know, in, in Florida, right? <laughs> guns and meth go hand in hand, especially in Florida. Um, I guess when in Florida, you got to be Florida, man. You might yeah. just get a pet alligator. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Did you know that Florida actually has the least strictest rules on gun laws? It's even less strict than Texas. So I, that makes you know, sense. You know, Tom Brady actually lives on an island, <clears throat> uh, you know, obviously with, I think, 14 other people. Um, so I can expect him, you know, f- you know, just bringing out the, you know, the full on, you know, the M16s, you know, instead of the morning routine of working out, he's going to pop up, you know, 600 rounds and then go back inside, <laughs> hit the meth pipe, you know, tweak around for a couple of hours. <laughs> and then, uh, oh my God. <laughs> and then, you know, go back to the same routine until he realizes that, you know, he needs to get back into football and play until he's 65. And then he can officially retire because at that point you can't smoke meth that much anymore. Because, you know that's going to be bad for the heart rate there, Tom. That was a roller coaster. That was an absolute roller coaster. Now, one of the things I could see—I don't think he'll play again. I think he's going to take a few years off. Um, I think it has a lot to do with family. Obviously, it has nothing to do with him falling off a cliff because that just never happened. Um, I could see potentially him coming back or getting antsy and wanting to be involved in football a couple of years down the road, maybe trying out some coaching, not necessarily head coaching, but like a quarterback's coach. Um, I think that'd be a fairly easy gig for him to sort of teach people the ropes on quarterbacking. He's yeah. been pretty good at it so far. I mean, the the one thing though, on, on his podcast this week, he did mention that um, he can't rule out the possibility of him coming back to play football, um, which I found weird because he just retired. Like this isn't the guy who was retired for like two years and was like, ah, you know what? Maybe it's like he just retired and he's like, well, I could still come back. So I'm like, because of that, I feel like there's going to be a Tom Brady comeback at some point in the future. Well, I yeah, mean, because there's only so much amount of meth and so much amount of gun that you can shoot. <laughs> Before you get bored. So, before he went to Tampa Bay, there was a lot of speculation and uncovered through sources, apparently, that San Francisco was where he wanted to go because it was his childhood team. Uh, Maybe him retiring is him trying to get out of Tampa Bay and try to actually finish his career at his childhood team. Um, Again, he I would, don't he have would any literally sources. hit the trifecta, you know, <clears throat> up in Boston, it's cracking canyons, Florida is meth and guns. And then, you know, when he gets to San Francisco, it's going to be hippie and weed. We're going to see oh, the hippie geez. version of Tom. Guys, gonna this is going to be a rough podcast. This yeah, is this is going to be a long rough. one at, yeah. at this rate. Um, but, you know, with that being said, it looks like Jimmy G has seen the end of his career in San Francisco will once again be taken over by starter Tom Brady because that's happened before. And Trey Lance doesn't necessarily look ready, so there there might be a gap year situation. Why not throw in a 45-year-old fossil who can still play MVP level and uh, Maybe, see what happens? Yeah, and give yourself a chance to win the Super Bowl because 
I mean, 10 out of 22. I'll take those odds. Um, I guess let's move on now to, um, I guess, less, less fun news. Brian Flores is suing the NFL. Um, really, he's suing the NFL, the Giants, the Broncos, and the Dolphins. Um, there's, there's kind of multiple parts to this lawsuit here. Um, so pretty much um, Brian Flores is suing um, the Giants, Broncos, like pretty much all the entities that I mentioned earlier um, for hiring mispractices. And, and um, he's, he's also alleges that, that Stephen Ross, the Dolphins owner, um, attempted to incentivize him to, to throw games, offering him 100k per loss pretty much. Um, and in a separate case, former coach Hugh Jackson mentioned that he also has evidence um, that he was incentivized to lose games as well. And he's shown that uh, proof to the NFL, nothing got done with it. Um, but the, the, like, the, the consensus or the, the main point of this lawsuit is to highlight the, um, the hiring mispractices been going on in the, in the NFL. Um, so, Brandon, you know, what, do you, what do you make of all of this? How do you see this playing out? Um, this is a tough one. Cause like it's pretty much a, he said, she said situation, unless there's definitive proof, because you can, you can realistically hire any head coach you want. And the league can say like, we thought that was the best choice or the team can say, we thought that was the best option given our current situation. And like, what are you going to argue that they thought wrong? Like, what is the argument there? So for me, like, it's a tough argument. That being said, I don't think that Brian, Brian Flores is necessarily wrong. Um, I think that there's a lot of old whites in positions of power in the NFL that happen to have a more classic way of thinking, if you want to call it that. Um, and some of the stuff this year, or I guess some of the stuff this year has been more wild. Like if you look at David Cully, he was, he was hired as a Texans head coach, literally walking into a dumpster fire, like the quarterback that's taking up your entire salary is not playing. Um, you have no talent and you basically have to take this late round draft pick Davis mills and start with him with no talent around and still manage to win four games, which is the same amount of games that bill O'Brien won the year before with Deshaun Watson um, and was fired. Like he was not set up for success. There was no situation in which he would have had an above 500 record. Everybody expected him not to do that well. He was just, he was fired for whatever they didn't even know. Um, I guess they, I guess the Texans kind of redeemed themselves because they hired another black head coach. Um, maybe that was in light of this situation. Who knows? Um, but if you've watched Undisputed, you, you would know this. Like there's, two head coaches of that aren't white in the NFL and the NBA, obviously, you know, this, it's a lot heavier presence. So as like the two dominant American sports, it's hard to think that like the NFL is super progressive when you look at the NBA and you're like, well, obviously it's not in comparison. They're both American. They're both American favorite sports, predominantly U S sports. Um, so I don't think he's necessarily wrong. I just don't know how he prove it. Right. The other thing I would note is like Brian Flores was there for the whole deflate gate shit. When Tom Brady tried to take on the NFL and the 32 owners and lost. So in my head, I'm like, Brian Flores should be smart enough to know that like, unless you have a slam dunk piece of evidence, you're going to lose that battle. So a part of me is like, 
given his situation, he should know what he's taking on. And so there has to be some merit to it. But at the same time, it's like, how do you fight the argument that they made the best practice, like the best hire they thought they were making at the time? I, I, like, it's a tough situation. I don't know what's going to play out. But if, if you want, like, my honest opinion, I think the NFL has a lot of work to do. Um, they did deny the claim and then hired a diversity consultant afterward. So I don't know. Um, it doesn't really seem like something they would do if they thought they had it solved. Yeah. Like the, the whole thing just, it, it, I hope at least that he has some evidence because otherwise, as you mentioned, it's just going to be a he said, she said. Um, General, what do you make of this whole situation here? I think, you know, RIP to Brian Flores' coaching career and the Texans are just covering their ass for hiring Lovey Smith. I mean, congratulations to um, Chicago Bears, though, because um, the Texans just essentially gave them two second-round picks, two third-round picks um, for free, um, just to kind of cover up, you know, their, you know, their their hiring of Lovey Smith. Um, you know, I think overall, I think the NFL is on the same path as the NCAA you know, super conservative, not trying to, you know, show off everything and then trying to control everything that they have while depressing, um, you know, certain statuses, you know, before with the NCAA, it was with the athletes and getting paid. So I think NFL is more of like, you know, hiring more uh, or diversify more of their head coaches um, for the teams versus, you know, the athletes getting paid. Um, And I think everything kind of blew through out of the waters, you know, when, the NFL signed a $110 billion media deal, you know, that kind of got a lot of people's attention into, you know, the NFL's old way of doing, doing things. And I think that way needs to be changed, you know, especially with all the new money coming in, the 32 owners, all they care about, you know, all they care about is getting rich. Um, They don't care about, you know, they don't think they care about the players or they don't care about, you know, what's actually going going on in the league itself. I mean, look what happened, you know, Urban, you know, that's one of the examples. And then you got uh, the Raiders head coach Gruden. Um, obviously, Dan Schneider is now facing more sexual uh, assault allegations. And they still haven't forced them to sell the team. I mean, it's just, it's beyond belief at this point that the NFL just essentially wants to do whatever the fuck they want to do and they all know that <clears throat> we're still going to watch it we're still going to you know go to the game spend $60 on a nacho and uh, and you know and just it, it, it's going to go on continuously until you know they realize that they can't make more money without doing a lot of things uh, or the play without the players um, then at that point, I don't think anything's going to change. Yeah, I think the, the like out of this lawsuit, I think the part that um, has the best chance of sticking is um, his his kind of situation or Brian Flores' situation with um, with the uh, with the Dolphins owner there with the with the um, trying to incentivize him to, to throw games essentially. Um, I think that has the best chance of sticking. Um, I'm, I am sure that there is some merit to what he's saying um, in regards to the um, to the hiring practices, but it's, it's, just, it's difficult to prove 
Um, and especially when you're going against the NFL, which has routinely swept even worse and more heinous crimes under the rug just to keep business going as usual. So it's like, it's tough to see how he wins here, but I, I hope for the sake, for his sake and for the sake of um, all, all the um, people of color that are trying to get into coaching positions that he, he at least makes a dent here with this lawsuit. Um, but while we're talking about coaches, um, we might as well talk about um, the new head coach for the Raiders here. Um, Josh McDaniels, uh, former Patri- he was the former Patriots offensive coordinator and QB coach. Um, he spent the last ten years of his career under Bill Belichick and was part of actually all six of the of the Patriots championships there. Um, now he is he's gotten uh, another chance at the head coaching position, obviously with the with the Raiders here. Um, Jen, what do you make about this? Or what do you make of this hire for the Raiders? <clears throat> we'll see McDaniel's back in the. Patriots organization in about three years. Um, <clears throat> you know, that's that's what I think. Um, you know, he's going to, you know, he's going to, you know, try to win some games and obviously he's going to fail the end because the problem at the Raiders is not about the players or the team. Um, it's the owner. You know, he gets to dictate on exactly what happens in the team itself. And I don't think McDaniels is going to have his autonomy like um, what he had at the Patriots. Plus, we all know the records of <clears throat> coaches that leave the Patriot organization and go somewhere else uh, and absolutely stinking. And, you know, Matt Patricia, you know, Bill O'Brien's, you know, that's just naming a few right now. Um, um, judge from the Giants who, you know, who sucked so bad that he had a, he called a run on a third and 10 in the fourth quarter while getting blown out by his rivals. So, you know, it's, it's not looking good for McDaniel. Brandon, what, what do you think about this hire for, for the Raiders and for McDaniels? You are also avoiding the ones that are that had success in other roles. Uh, B-Flow being one of them before he was fired. Oh, um, but he was doing really well in Miami. He lasted three seasons. Yeah, but he had a winning record in all of them. He, he You're, you're going to say Brian Flores should have been fired? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying that, you know, it just mathematically saying that he doesn't stand a chance. I think, I actually think Josh McDaniels does stand a chance. I was not happy to lose him as an offensive coordinator. And I'm even less happy to lose him to the fact that fucking Adam Gase could be our replacement. Okay. I will, I will, (laughs) I will make a long-term bet with you. I'm saying the over and under of McDaniels time at the Raiders at three would you take that bet? If you win the bet, I will buy you Popeyes for an entire week. What if I lose? Then you have to buy Popeyes for me for the entire week. A week's worth or of you can buy me salad for a week because I don't think I can eat an entire <laughs> week of Popeyes. Yeah, I don't I don't know who's winning that bet to be honest. <laughs> the person buying like, the Popeyes ooh, I don't have to Popeyes. I don't have to buy lunch, but also I gain twenty pounds. So it's a trade off. Um okay, you want to do lunch for a week on the over under at three years? Yeah. Okay. Um 
I'll take it because it's not like John Gruden did that well. And he stayed for four or six, I think. So um, I actually think that they don't really, not that they don't care what goes on, but I really think that they want someone who can just come and run the organization and they don't really want to have Mark Davis's hands on it kind of thing. And he brought a former Patriot with him in Ziegler. So, I mean, it's like the Patri- part of the Patriots front office and coaching staff just moved to Oakland or Las Vegas now. Um, but I actually think Josh Daniels will do really well because if you look at the actual two years he spent in Denver, his quarterback was Kyle Orton. Um, I can't remember what Kyle Orton looks like. I, I have no idea. It's just his his stint in the NFL was so short because he was bad. Um, and as you guys know, like we've talked about it a lot on this podcast, Denver has a problem with quarterbacks in the sense that John Elway chooses them. And they don't really have a say in whether that's their choice or not. You just do what John Elway says. That's obviously been a power struggle for a while. Um, and so he had Kyle Orton and really couldn't do anything with it because it was John Elway's choice. Um, but he had Kyle Orton had a total starting of five seasons. His best two seasons were under Josh McDaniels. They're the only ones that he cracked 3000 yards, I think. So I, I think as far as offensive coordinators go, he's really good. I think in his head coaching position, this is Derek Carr is a better option than Kyle Orton. We've seen Derek Carr, enter the MVP conversation, albeit briefly, but he has been there. Um, and so I think the weapons he was given in the Denver situation weren't that good, but I think he's got a better situation now. And so I think he'll do pretty good because it's not like he did terribly in Denver. Um, he actually did in one season, he actually did better than all of Vic Fangio's. So um, I think it could potentially work out. I have high hopes on the flip side. Uh, I would rather have him in the Patriots organization than out of the Patriots organization. So if he fails, I won't be too upset if he comes back. Mm. All right. So you're wishing him success, but just like fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. But if if anything (laughs) should go wrong, you're always welcome in the Patriots organization. I mean, he's he's used the the entrance a couple times. I think he knows exactly where it is. A lot of people have Joe Judge's back. Yeah. Uh, so is Matt Patricia. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if B-Flow came back either. <laughs> hey, man. They've got a system there in, in, in New England that works. So just just keep bringing those guys back in. They go coach for a little bit and just come right back. Keep the talent in-house. Brilliant. And also now they've, they come with like a better scouting report for other teams. Just like overall, just brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant job, Bill Belichick. Um, but let's move on to the Washington football team because they have finally picked a name. After two seasons of deliberation, they have come to the name the Washington Commanders. Doesn't feel doesn't feel right to say it, the Washington Commanders. Uh, probably after a few seasons of covering them and talking about them, it will feel more natural to the tongue. But for now, um, it feels a little weird. Uh, but Jen, I'm coming to you here. How do you feel about the name Washington Commanders? You know, I think the only thing that the Washington Commanders would command is a stadium full of poop water, 
um, <laughs> an absolutely destroyed fa- uh, stadium where people are getting hurt. Um, shit games. No benches. Um, no, yeah, no budgets. Um, um, you know, I think it's an absolutely terrible name um, because if I remember from the beginning, they were saying that, you know, they wanted the fans' input. Well, I'm pretty sure when they did a survey, Commanders was dead last um, from the Commanders. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if the FBI or the CIA has already bugged the entire stadium because now they're going to be called the commies and they're oh going to be God. spreading socialism and uh, communism throughout oh, the, uh, you know, throughout the stadium, um, you know, which, which is going to be super hilarious. Uh, especially with you know all the uh, poop water that's you know in the stadium itself, um, which also I forgot to mention that um, they still don't have heated benches. Um, which again, Dan Schneider, w- what are you doing, Brendan? Go! I, I don't even know how to just do the thing, <laughs> bro. You've been hanging out with truckers too much <laughs> with your government. Communism conspiracies. So, you were right about the fan vote, okay? The Commanders was not popular for the fan vote. That being said, the one that was the most popular was Red Wolves, um, which they looked into but couldn't use for legal reasons. Um, So that ruled that one out. The one I had in this list, because it was Red Hogs, Defenders, Armada, Presidents, Brigade, Commanders, and just keeping Washington football team. I liked Washington Armada. I thought it flowed really well. I thought it sounded cool. I don't really know what the mascot would look like. I didn't really think that far ahead, but I was like, it flows nicely off the tongue, the Washington Armada. It's just easy to say. Um, And so that's what, that's what I thought. It just sounded cool. It was easy to say. Um, I was also down with keeping the Washington football team just because we got used to it. So when we initially, when they initially changed the name from obviously Redskins to football team, everybody was against it. And now they're changing it to something and people wanted to stay Washington football team. So I think after a couple of years, we'll just convert to commanders at some point. Um, But I don't think this team was going to lose out on a chance to sell three different types of merch in five years. Like they got to sell all the Redskins merch and then they got to resell all the Washington football team merch. And now they get to resell all the commander merch. Um, So I don't think they were going to lose out on that opportunity. I think a name change was coming no matter what. I don't think they would have kept it the same. Uh, I just thought Armada would have been cooler. The Washington Armada just sounds like a football team that travels on a ship in poopy waters. I mean... That's not far from the the Washington. That's not, not that's not far from what they're gonna actually be doing. <laughs> Final topic of the day that we have is the Super Bowl. I know this is the one everyone's been waiting for. It all comes down to this one last game in the season. The winner takes all. I love it. Um, you've got two lethal uh, quarterback wide receiver combos on either side: Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup against Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. The Rams obviously have home court advantage or home field advantage. And all season long, it's been clear that this team was going to go for it. Um, They put all their chips on the table. They've gone all in. They don't have any more draft assets for the rest of eternity because they've spent it all in this star-studded lineup. The Bengals, on the other hand, no one expected them to be here. 
Uh, they've been underdogs in pretty much every playoff matchup so far, and they seem to just enjoy it. Um, so they just come into everyone's stadium and, and just smack them in the mouth. So um, obviously, you've got two very different storylines here. You've got the underdogs. You've got the star, the star-studded lineup. Brandon, who do you have taking this game? Look, I said it before. Um, I had the Rams, but I've also bet against the Bengals the last three weeks, and that has extremely backfired. Um, and fuck it, I'm gonna go with the Bengals this time. I'm oh, gonna shit. roll. I'm gonna roll with the underdog. Make it fifteen um, bucks back, bro. Yeah, I'm gonna have to because I'm about to lose it. Um, yeah, I'm going with I'm going with the Bengals. Look, they were essentially out of that Kansas city game going into the second half. There was a part of the second half when it was, it looked unattainable. You and I were texting back and forth in that championship game. And I was like, I don't know if this is possible. Like, I think this might be too far away. Yeah. Um, and lo and behold, they held Kansas city to three points in the second half, took it to OT lost possession in which again, I texted you and was like, well, there's the overtime rule doing its thing again. Um, and they picked it off and won. Like they had no business in that game, and the comeback in the second half was amazing. They had no business in overtime because everybody thinks Patrick Mahomes is better than Tom Brady, and whenever Tom Brady gets the ball first in overtime, it's over. But so we just assume that it's the same with Mahomes. Not the case. Um, and they came back and won it. And so I am not ready to rule them out, and I'm going to root underdog. Um, on that note, like. I don't hate either team. Like I, I made a joke to Jin earlier, but in all seriousness, like the last 20 Super Bowls, I've had a clear favorite to cheer for in half of them because Tom Brady's been in half of them. And so usually I just kind of pick a team and roll with it. Um, but you can't hate Matt Stafford like at all. He played for the Lions for how long? He just like grinded it out, finally decided he didn't want to be there anymore. It wasn't even a hard breakup. It wasn't like he walked out or made some big stand or refused to put a Lions uniform on like he just said he didn't want to play there anymore and they were happy to trade him. Um, I don't think you can hate the guy because he's too damn nice and he's too damn good at football. Um, And so I'd be happy to see him win because he took a lot of shit in a very terrible franchise for a very long time. and he is an extremely talented quarterback, but I have chosen the Bengals and I will stick with them. Jin, how are you feeling? Who's who's winning this matchup? I'm actually also choosing the Bengals. Oh my God. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think they do have, you know, they have an opportunity to, you know, to win the game and make history, you know, being the, you know, the latest team to not have an indoor practice facility to uh, win the Super Bowl, which if you think about it, that's that's a pretty big feat. You know, they have to beg to get to the University of Cincinnati's indoor facility, you know, just to <clears throat> just to use them. Um, you know, it just seems like this might be the only chance that the Bengals have for the next 30 years um, because the owners doesn't care. I'm not sure if you guys listened to the Pat McAfee show today where Car- uh, Carson Palmer was the quarterback of the, the Bengals and he talked about a lot of bad things. 
you know, most most thirty most of the thirty two teams, you know, have their own chef and everything to you know look out for players' health and their you know nutrition. Carson Palmer ate peanut butter and jelly sandwiches every single day because he didn't trust the mop hot chocolates that they were serving uh, in Cincinnati. So, you know, like Cincinnati, if they want to, you know, continue on with their success, the owner needs to be, you know, they need to sell the team and uh, have some more better management um, and build a indoor practice facility within that city. I'm not going to say I disagree with you, but it is a very hard argument to tell someone they are doing something wrong, like an NFL owner, when they are currently playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's a that's a, a tough argument to make. You see, guys, um, I just don't see an answer for Aaron Donald, man. Like, who is, who is going to stop him from tearing every limb off of Joe Burrow? And on the off chance you combine the three linemen to do so, they've got Leonard Floyd and Von Miller on the outside as well. Um, I agree with you. That defense is that defense is scary. Um, but I am sticking with it. I'm, I'm having conviction. All right. Hey, you be a man of conviction. I am, I am taking these guys, man. Like, the, just Aaron Donald's neck alone or lack of a neck is, is enough for me to believe that this guy is, is, is willing to do anything it takes to win a championship this year. Um, so I am putting all of my money in Aaron Donald's neck, and uh, and his team is you know, his neck will propel that team to, to a championship. Um, that that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. That brings us to the end of the show. Unless you guys have any other things, you any other last parting words you wanted to add before uh, before the Super Bowl? I'd love to add them, but I'm pretty sure they're going to get edited out. So I'm just going to keep my <laughs> go Bengals. <laughs> All right, guys, that brings us to the end of the show. Please make sure to follow us on Instagram at underratedftfw, especially if you want to get your hands on our premium bets. Um, We'll be posting them this week, and also make sure to follow us on YouTube. We'll be back again next week with a recap of the Super Bowl. Until then, guys, enjoy your week.